Chapter 11 of Agatha Webb. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gaby Cowan. Agatha Webb by Anne Catherine Green. Chapter 11 The Man with a Beard there were but few men in town who wore long beards a list was made of these and handed to the coroner who regarded it with a grim smile not a man whose name is here would be guilty of a misdemeanor let alone a crime you must look outside of our village population for the murderer of agatha webb very likely but tell me something first about these persons urged knapp who is edward hope a watch repairer a man of estimable character and sylvester chubb a farmer who to support his mother wife and seven children works from morning till sundown on his farm and from sundown till eleven o'clock at night on little fancy articles he cuts out from wood and sells in boston john barker thomas elder timothy sin all good men i can vouch for every one of them and john Savile, james Savile, irreproachable both of them famous shipbuilders once but the change to iron shipbuilding has thrown them out of business pity too for they were remarkable builders by the by fenton we don't see them at church or on the docks any more no they keep very much to themselves getting old like ourselves talbot lively boys once we must hunt them up fenton can't bear to see old friends drop away from good company but this isn't business you need not pause over their names knapp but knapp had slipped out we will follow him walking briskly down the street he went up the steps of a certain house and rang the bell a gentleman with a face not entirely unknown to us came to the door the detective did not pause for preliminaries are you mr crane he asked the gentleman who ran against a man coming out of mrs webb's house last night i am mr crane was the slightly surprised rejoinder and i was run against by a man there yes very well remarked the detective quietly my name is knapp i have been sent from boston to look into this matter and i have an idea that you can help me more than any other man here in sutherland town who was this person who came in contact with you so violently you know even if you have been careful not to mention any names you are mistaken i don't know i can't know he wore a sweeping beard and walked and acted like a man no longer young but beyond that mr crane excuse me but i know men if you had no suspicion as to whom that person was you would not look so embarrassed you suspect or at least associate in your own mind a name 
with the man you met was it either of these you seen written here mr crane glanced at the card on which the other had scribbled a couple of names and started perceptibly you have me said he you must be a man of remarkable perspicacity the detective smiled and pocketed his card the names he thus concealed were john Sable, james Sable. you have not said which of the two it was knapp quietly suggested no returned the minister and i have not even thought indeed i am not sure that i have not made a dreadful mistake in thinking it was either a glimpse such as i had in far from satisfactory and they are both such excellent men eight you did make a mistake of course i have not the least doubt of it so don't think of the matter again i will find out who the real man was rest easy and with the lightest of bows knapp drew off and passed as quickly as he could without attracting attention round the corner to the confectioners here his attack was warier sally lotton was behind the counter with her husband and they had evidently been talking the matter over very confidentially but knapp was not to be awed by her small keen eye or strident voice and presently succeeded in surprising a knowing look on the lady's face which convinced him that in the confidences between husband and wife a name had been used which she appeared to be less unwilling to impart than he knapp consequently turned his full attention towards her using in his attack that oldest and subtlest weapon against the sex flattery my dear madam said he your good heart is apparent your husband has confided to you a name which you out of fear of some mistake hesitate to repeat a neighbourly spirit ma'am a very neighbourly spirit but you should not allow your goodness to defeat the ends of justice if you simply told us whom this man resembled we would be able to get some idea of his appearance he didn't resemble anyone i know growled lotton it was too dark for me to see how he looked his voice then people are traced by their voices i didn't recognize his voice knapp smiled his eye still on the woman yet you have thought of someone he reminded you of the man was silent but the wife tossed her head over so lightly now you must have had your reasons for that no one thinks of a good and respectable neighbour in connection with the buying of a loaf of bread at midnight with a twenty-dollar bill without some positive reason the man wore a beard i felt it brush my hand as he took the loaf good that is a point which made me think of other men who wore beards as for instance the detective had taken from his pocket the card which he had used with such effect in at the minister's 
and as he said these words twirled it so that the two names written upon it fell under sally loton's inquisitive eyes the look with which she read them was enough john zabel james zabel who told you it was either of these men she asked you did he retorted pocketing the card with a smile la now samuel i never spoke a word she insisted in anxious protest to her husband as the detective slid quietly from the store End of chapter eleven the man with a beard recorded by gabby cowan